Aloha and welcome to Rainbow Wrap Up. We got a game already behind us. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, but, you know, as Sean is, and I, Sean, I am joining me. Aloha, Sean, first of all. Aloha. How are you doing, Sean? Great. How are you doing, Wayne? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the Thursday night football action. Now uh, the rest of the country is catching up to us in week zero. Unfortunately, our team on week zero, I don't think showed up. Uh, well, for me, I, I expected a lot better. Clearly, I predict, predict, predicted. Sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm just so incredulous after what I had to witness this past Saturday. But Sean, you 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 took you took some heat for picking the Bruins, but in the end, you were right. And um, you know, just talk about your feelings from the game. Well, kudos for you for for showing up and showing up in force at the Rose Bowl. Thank you. So, so hot, so so hot. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they said, what, like close to 100 on the field? Oh, yeah, apparently. So I talked to um, – I talked to um, um, Calvin's girlfriend. I talked to so many people, but Calvin's girlfriend told me that it was 112. And, and like, his – that's why he, he was cramping. But I got to talk to a lot of people. It was hard. Like, I, I mean, yeah. Anyways, just Sean, because so, I'm gonna let you just just share your feelings first. Because Sean, um, last week um, or two weeks prior, picked Hawaii to lose to UCLA, 31 to 20, um, and he was being nice, clearly as well. But excuse me, he did take some heat for it, and um, you know, I, I and I think that the rest of us just kind of feel a little embarrassed. I know Sean, Shane's not here to have to defend his win and I'll have to do it for him. But, um, you know, it, it, it was hard. It was hard. Right, Sean. It was like, it was just like bloody and just, well, you know, yeah, crazy. I'm not going to stand here and beat my chest and say, you know, like I'm right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking at the history, you know, of yeah. what Hawaii has done against PAC 12 opponents to open on the road. And it's like, we're not, we're not there yet. So I, I just went with history. So Well, until, a lot of people thought that but though a lot of people thought Coach Graham would be different though, right? People thought, oh well Coach Graham's well, I, this is his best year. I mean and people people is me. So <laughs> <laughs> No, you're by far no, not, you're me, not the only No, I'm not the only people, but you know we said Coach Graham is the best team. And hey, this is one game. I'm gonna talk about this later as well, my point. This is one game, it's a non conference game. But nonetheless, it was hard. It was hard to get over that game. It, I want to be honest. It was rough because we were never in the game. Yes. They yes. came out and, and they basically laid down, which was very infuriating and frustrating. They, they came out three and out. The line wasn't blocking. They were in Shevin's face in one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. receivers were dropping balls. The, the punt, his knee was down. You know, so oh gosh, and it was just you know, it seemed like it was twenty to nothing, you know, before anything. So, and it's just frustrating. You have to look at through binoculars to see what was good. You know, we had we had (laughs) the Shipley forty yard forty yard field goal. Woohoo! We we did have you know we had the forty nine yard completion. Uh, Muasa had ten tackles, but I mean, outside of that, there there wasn't a lot to be happy with well first of all i wanted to shout out our friend brad you know uh one of my good friends and he's a sponsor of tonight's show and he's sponsoring it on behalf of um his his people at uh home depot he's a very proud 
a lot associate there and he uh just wanted to always tell people he's always looking they're always looking for hire so brad in these tough times in the a- a pandemic not only looking out for me and this podcast but looking out for everyone as well and mahalo bradley for it means a lot and always his support of me i've known him for most of my almost most of my life so um but he a big fan as well <clears throat> and i know he is trying to stay positive like the rest of us and is but you know um this was rough because it uh it, it, it like our d line for instance i'm just going to start with one place that was kind of just rough because i really thought we would be better there and like we've been seeing a lot of the same from chow and even into Rolo, and you know we're like okay we're going to we're going to get we need a strong up front d line get some penetration yeah. I mean, what? And then this is not this is not saying if the D line can't do it, the D line can't do it. Like, and then maybe UCLA has a dominating offensive line, but it was like well, they snapped the ball, and I was like, boom! Like it was just it was like a scrum, but only going in one direction, like a rugby scrum. Like it was just like when UCLA wanted to run, they just did it at will, and it, that was rough to to have to witness as well firsthand. The missed tackles as well. So many missed tackles sometimes up to like five on one play, which is just, just rough. But, you know, I and, think, and, I'm, and and you're right. We had missed tackles, but losing the battle in the trenches is demoralizing right. more than anything. It's like, it's like having somebody older than you pick on you or somebody bigger than you, right? That's, and that's what I felt like the whole game. It felt like, you know what, this guy is, this Tim is not even going to give us chance. This team not even going to give us room for even like try and come back it's like they wanted to beat us so bad and like i said and i, I think i told you in a text message show before the only thing that really worried me about it as well or then one of the major things was not just because ucla is talented or has high level talent is because they on their schedule which is so ridiculously you know any if you play in any power five conference you have a tough schedule so these non-conference games are like your winnable games and we have that as well we have two new mexico state games we have portland state coming up on saturday so clearly our schedule is similar but can you imagine you know if we uh, if we allowed one of those teams to you know beat us or if like a portland state podcast out there was like yeah we're gonna beat hawaii and go there <laughs> that's what people think okay. of us right now but that's fine well, they're gonna come i deserve in. it i deserve it like nothing to lose you know like you see what ucla did to us and wasn't that supposed know, to be us no wasn't that supposed to be us going there with nothing to lose that's the whole okay. point that's portland state coming in to us right. next week can you imagine what would have happened if ucla actually had a good quarterback it would have been 60 easily at the end of the day, we're, I don't care about UCLA. I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about Cole. I mean, people are bringing up other names. All only matters is what happens right here, what happens on the field, I mean, and what we put out there. And it was uh, not satisfactory. I tried to get fake 808 sports on here, and he says TTH is trying too hard. So maybe wow. that is – I mean, I mean that's not very much criticism. Well, Apparently, he has more, but he doesn't want to let, let in the world know. So I just see that in the wraps. But um, it's it not on Coach like Graham they- as well because we know in second years, coaches yeah. can let. It, but you know, we thought Coach Graham was different. It's like we thought you were different. It's like this is the same thing. This is like the same. This is like having that same. Uh, like when the same thing happens over and over again, like PT, like you know that the trauma come back, like those horror films. It's like it's happening again. And it's like, no, 
uh, you know, UCF one, by the way, we're also watching that. I'm not trying to change the subject, but you know, it's hard to watch like these mid majors like UCF and Boise really elevate themselves. They they put on a great show on ESPN. I think it was a win for both programs. Obviously, UCF being Boise is a big thing because right now we're talking about um, expansion as well. We're going to get into that later, but UCF is one of those teams that is targeted by the Big Twelve. Um, Boise doesn't seem to be on that list, so maybe that's a good thing for Mountain West. But for right now, Hawaii's not on Boise's level because Boise wouldn't have allowed that to happen either. Either what we saw at UCLA this past Saturday, right? And just you know, just to put UCLA to bed, I think it's just to, uh, Coach Graham said he was embarrassed. I think a lot of UH fans really disappointed by the performance on on Saturday. So I think. It's time to just, you know, burn yep. the tape and just yep. move forward and just it's if the saying is true, the biggest improvement is going into the second game. So we yeah, we, we really need to work on some things and you know, they gotta show something this weekend. And you know, there's gonna be a lot more eyes on this game for sure. Portland State, like you said, nothing to lose. And Portland State has come to Hawaii and won before. And we forgave the guy who lost to them because he eventually took us to the Sugar Bowl, Coach June Jones. So we're not saying that uh, Coach Graham should be in any, you know, fear in case something happens against. Was that June's second year? June, June's second year was that three and nine year. Yeah, was um, it the Portland State that we? I think, yeah, I think Portland was Portland. I'm pretty sure Portland State was that year as well, right? The, so we, we started um, the. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no. And I think like we, we, we take things for granted sometimes and we took it for granted just seeing all these transfers or names of like recruits coming from big power five conferences. And I mean, we had this fantasy I did at, at first that, you know, that we could go into UCLA and win. And I really believe mm-hmm. that. And I'm sad that we didn't put on a show, like just like you, I'm more, I'm more sad that we were never in the game. So hopefully Portland State can be some kind of redemption. And it needs – I mean, really, and it's hard because when you're playing for redemption against Portland State, first of all, we need a, a, a caliber opponent that is winnable just to get morale back. But you need to also do it in a fashion that shows, like, okay, we don't have anything to worry to be worried about, right? Because we don't have to beat UCLA to win the Mountain West, which is what is right. ultimately the goal, always win the conference. Like winning the conference is always the goal. And we know as mid as a mid major, and um, as a mid major who's not even been in the conversation as a national power since 2007, now 14 years and running ago, um, we don't have to worry about doing anything on the national level, really. So, you know, it sucks that you know we are relegated to just being a footnote, anyways, in in UCLA season. But for us, it's like already so demoralizing, you know, and so. It, that's the effect that it can have on a team. So I hope that um, we just come bounce back from this because if Portland State comes in and we beat them and kill them, they're not going to go back to the big sky and be like, oh, man, I'm so sad that we, you know, or wherever conference, I think they're a big sky. You know, they're going to bounce back themselves. So we need to realize that we, we have much more to play for and we need to take out some aggression possibly on Portland State and make it a statement and nothing less than that, especially for Coach mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. But uh, speaking of up, um, the you know we were talking about uh, Boise and and UCF and and how they're really the in terms of mid majors they're at the the top in in 
they're in the tier that we're not in yet at Hawaii and probably are not are several are a little bit away from, but when it comes to times like these, when college football has been thrown into chaos in many ways, but in, and, and not in many ways as well. And in some ways it's been freed of a lot of the issues that the NIL legislation and more were, you know, burdening college football athletes with, but Hawaii is going to be one of those teams that is going to be a fringe team that will not, probably be able to reach that upper tier anytime soon but could have ramifications to the future and that's something that also is is a little unnerving uh big 12 did announce that they wanted to expand and add a few more teams i i read that they were going to get 10 they didn't want they're looking at four teams they have eight currently and they're called the big 12 so you would think they want four more teams but they're apparently looking at BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati which are all programs i would say are above hawaii right now so if we're all mid-majors with them we're like low mid-major, you know, in comparison to them, which is kind of sad as well because, you know, and once again, that's just the truth of where the program is at right now. Um, but, Sean, it's like in the future, as we're looking now and, and trying to place where our program will be in a year, five years, whatever, 10 years, I mean, will we exist in 10 years, 20 years? I mean, how important is, you know, what's going on right now, you think, to sustainability of the program? Well, it's very important, you know, whenever there's moves, there's, you know, it's like a domino effect. What happens out east will ripple across the nation. So, and you know, we it started in the southwest and it looks like, yeah, two teams are going to get get the call. So I'm not sure which two, which two do you think are? I mean, I'm looking at probably, you know, uh, BYU because I, I think and, – and before, BYU was always a team where it was like because of religion, religion. And, yes, yeah. that, that is going to be a, probably a thing that they'll have to work around if they can't play on Sundays. But right. BYU has a lot of money. They have amazing facilities. And so do the other, you know, teams as well. And Houston would be an obvious choice. But I guess because they don't want too many teams in Texas. But Houston would also be – is also a great choice as well. But like, yeah, we beat I mean, them. Houston's in their – their footprint yeah and uh, BYU they have a national fan base yeah and you I see yeah I mean sorry they're, they're a better they're a better um fit I think in the big 12 than they are in the pac 12 I'm talking yeah. about BYU yeah for sure I agree yeah. uh culturally I just think it's a they, they're a better fit so and I, I think they are deserving of get the call getting the call up they've kind of languished in as being an independent you know um, I, I think, yeah, out of those two, I would put BYU at the top and, oh gosh, I, I go back and forth between Houston and, and UCF. UCF would kind of be an outlier way out there in the, in Florida, but I'm sure West Virginia would, would be happy to have Cincinnati. Well, I think having, uh, a footprint like you said is important for the conference in certain places having their reach into like the mountain area um they, they have um you know because they lost colorado right to the pac-12 and everything so right you know and, and the, utah is in the pac-12 as well so i think they would like to have that byu and then having the east coast with ucf i think would be something that would interest them as well so and ucf's commitment just to being a solid program i i think just their clout and that they've generated on their own by developing a brand, which I think is impressive. Is that a good move for UCF though? <clears throat> I mean, to be playing Kansas and Kansas state. 
I mean, as Texas opposed Tech. to as opposed to any being in the, it would be a better move for us to be in the in that conference. I'd rather do that than play San Jose and New Mexico twice. I mean, we would get blown <laughs> out all the time. Um, but no, UCF would also be competitive. I mean, they're right, right now they're better than Kansas. Right now they're better than some other teams too. So, and they're a huge school. They're like the biggest school in Florida. So. They, they they are like ready to make that jump. But as for us, you know, I I worried that if if we do have a bad season, God forbid, because um, even if we had a six and seven season, I wouldn't call that a bad season, but I would call that a non invigorating season for the fan base. And that's what you predicted. And I, I think that's a reasonable prediction. I mean, I predicted eight and five. And honestly, I feel like I'm a little high and I thought I was a little high even though I was drinking the Kool-Aid and know I was high on it, I knew that mm. it went sounds high. And then like people, people who get paid more than me to write about these things saying nine wins. I was like, okay, maybe I'm not the one on the Kool-Aid. Maybe somebody else took the Kool-Aid and it could still be nine and four for sure. Um, but right now, does it look like a team that we're, does it look like a team that's above 500 or below 500, Sean? In all honesty, below. But, I mean, it's only one game. I mean, this has happened to us before in that in June's first year, we got smoked by what? Was it USC or USC or Arizona? Yeah, we got smoked by USC 62 to USC, 7. USC, and then, yeah, they just destroyed us. Yeah. But, you know, we, no, we, no, we for sure. And, 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 that's, and that's different. But, I mean, that's different circumstances also. Like, you, you – I mean, let's face it. You were trying to change, and I'm glad you stuck to your guns, but I know you're feeling the pressure. Like, I don't know, I'm – I'm getting more high on you age. You were, you knew that even you were starting to listen to some of the, the hums around right, because right. it's different. Yeah. It's not like June because this is a second year. We won a bowl game last year and we expected our team to be more competent. So it's not like that because June inherited what he got. And we were like weeks. I, I wasn't surprised that we lost six two to seven. Um, and I was certainly happy when we beat Eastern Illinois to end the 20 game losing streak and beat Tony Romo. Um, I didn't even know who Tony Romo was at the time. Was obviously, but we game. beat Tony Romo. That was a great game. You know, and, and those who were there, I mean, I was like crying. I was, I was young because I was like, wow, this is finally, we finally get to win. Like it's been that long that I've seen a, our team win in the stadium or an, at all. Um, but if this is a Graham era has already started, even though it started during the pandemic. So he, he does kind of have a weird provisional year, but we did expect better. And he did get bring in some teams and he had over a year. Now he has had way more time to install his offense and his philosophy and that. And right now it doesn't look any different. So that's the sad part. And this is his first non-conference team that he played as well. So we know that he has, and it's a power five team too, and on the road. Um, so a lot of factors, but, and I'm sure, you know, coach Graham wants to change that as well. Um, but actually I'll, something I want to bring about coach Graham is we were tagged on a Twitter post about coach Graham wearing the, the cross on his hat. And, um, right. We've talked about this a little bit. So my feelings, like some of you know, I, I went on a mission, you know, for two years of Mormon mission. I, I not nearly at that level of practicing that I was then, but I understand that. Um, how dear and true some people hold the religious values because it was like that to me and it, and it and it's scary sometimes too it's good and can be just like anything else right there's people that probably put all their you know whatever philosophies into things that are are man-made and crazy and or seem crazy to others so 
it is what it is. The point is some people are offended by it and that's that's worth saying as well. I mean, if you're a Jewish player on the team and your coach is wearing Christian symbols or you could be you could feel uncomfortable because it could be meant to feel like you were espousing Christian values. I think it can be done in the right way. I think there is a line. And that's why something I tweeted back, like, I don't mind him wearing the hat. Like, I know he's a part of, like, the Christian, and I think it's CCA, the Christian Coalition. Is a, um, I've met in rooms with people from that organization before on the NCAA side when I was a member of, like, Minority Opportunities and Interest Committee because of policies that they, like LGBT policies, for instance, on campus, that they had problems instituting because, you know, they're religious. But, I mean... I'm sorry, that's crazy if you're going to, you know, just discriminate any way against a student. And this is, I'm, you know, it's happening in a lot of schools. But we can't happen in a public school because it's a public school, right? And that's another thing, too. It's right. like, this is a public institution. But what, is, is what not, were your feelings about those? Yeah, situations? so that I, this is not BYU. This is not, you know, yeah. Notre Dame. This is, this is the University of Hawaii. It's a state-run institution. So I, I brought it up last week, and I, I can be honest with you, it kind of irritates me that he wears that hat to work, you know, mm -hmm. to practice. Mm. I'm, I'm not allowed to wear that kind of shirt, you know, to work or, or you know, a hat like that. I, I just feel like it should be there, – there's kind of a line. And if he wants to do that, you know, at the beach or yeah. at home, I, I feel like, you know – by all means, but I just feel like I'm wearing a UH hat. Yeah, yeah. Deliberately. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I think he should wear a UH hat yeah, if he's going to yeah. wear a, a hat. I, at, yeah. At, at, you know, at a UH function, at practice, on the sideline. You know, I I understand you're you're a proud Christian, but there's a time and place, and you're at work. So let's let's go to work. That's a great response, actually, and that's something I I, I really didn't think. And you're right; I, I, he should be representing the school because branding, for one thing, branding is important. The school, like Adidas or something, expects the coaches to wear all Adidas most all the time. Now, from now on, all the time, anyways. So that coach is getting a free pass by wearing that hat. Actually, is interesting because that's like the main thing you can't. That he's kind of marketing his hat, what's on his head, and you see it on the news. So every night, but this week he's been kind of wearing that bucket hat. It's, it is, it's a generic bucket hat. I, I don't know. There's no logo on it at all. There, it's just, it's, yeah, it's kind of a white. There's no hat. H logo on it. No, even. no. Interesting. So, I mean, we got bigger problems than we do, but you're right. I mean, we, you're right. I, that is something that is noticeable put it that way just like his wristbands like if it's noticeable people have a right to make comments about it let's be honest right like if, if someone is overtly doing something and i'm a weirdo like i there's things that i do that people are like okay i don't understand or like why he's doing it but it's like i i'm prepared to answer as to why i'm doing whatever i'm doing in my life that's weird to other people maybe but um coach definitely needs to be prepared to face heat for that, but he doesn't because local media in Hawaii is not going to ask him those questions. Mm. So, and that's another reason is that he's not pressed about it. And that is a failure of the local media. 
That's that's their failure. And I, I say a failure because um, there is fear and it's not necessarily their fault, but there's, fail, is, there's fear imposed by certain people in Hawaii on media and their institutions um, to report only positive things. And if there's something controversial in any case, they don't want to do it. That's why so many of your favorite newscasters are so quiet when it comes to things that are controversial because they don't want to get their hands dirty. And I understand that, but I'm not going to, that's, there are, there are journalists willing to get their hands dirty. They're the ones that deserve the praise. They're the ones that deserve to be called like legends and stuff. Like they're the ones that like stick it out. Like, you know, Dale Hansen, like people who, especially in a conservative world, needs to be the one that in, in, in a highly uh, politicized sports world, which I have no problem with because we finally have the conversations that we need to have as human beings are finally have, we're having because of what's going on in the sports world, like Kaepernick, like other people. Um, so we need to have them, but uh, the media wants to avoid controversy in Hawaii until the very end. We already know that the, the, the team didn't want to, that the school didn't want to tweet out anything Black Lives Matter related for at least a month after Black Lives, after freaking Blackout Wednesday. Until it was um, cool. You know, <laughs> so like, you don't deserve, you don't, that's not being an ally. You're waiting a month. You know, you're not allied to somebody who needs your help and then you wait a month later to support them. That's not, that's not allyship. And I'm offended because I've had to take heed for being an ally and bringing policies that were pro-allyship, pro-ability, pro-LGBT, pro-feminist, pro-Title IX, and help to raise those, you know, un you know, uncomfortable questions amongst the NCAA body. But UH likes to sit out those types of conversations, even though it's, it needs to happen because their own student athletes are, they have gay student athletes, they have closeted student athletes. They have Christian student athletes who are gay and closeted. They have people that need help and probably could be helped if they had Christians or some other religious organization to help them. So it, it, when it comes down to being open and inclusive, maybe wearing that hat doesn't promote total inclusivity either. So that's another reason for sure that I don't think that that hat might be the most appropriate thing. Um, I mean, the, first of all, like you said, the very first thing is he's, he's a representative of the school, especially he should wear the school logo, even if he had the cross on the hat, the school hat, you know, um, or he had a pin of a cross, like yeah, whatever, put, a pin. put a pin or something, but, but yeah, you should, you, you, you should wear like a UH thing. Like, and I mean, people already had a problem with the color that he had on the sidelines of last year, like the, the shirt he was wearing. And it was a weird color too. It was a weird color. And you had the, you know, the, the wristbands. Are, so like. Right. Red and yellow. He's at least consistent with, you know, something with his thing. Um, and ultimately he needs to, the only thing that he needs to be accountable for is, you know, what, what goes on in the field and how he develops his players. So whether he's doing that the right way, you know, so far he's shown that he, he has been a positive role model to at least his teammates. We, he's at least shown that he was vaccinated or said that he was and has encouraged his team to be vaccinated. Yeah. I'm, so I'm hoping, I'm wondering what the vaccination levels are on the team at right now. I was just going to ask you that question. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to know, like, yeah, you can't ask the individual players, but as a group, I'm sure somebody knows what the percentage is of, of this team. Yeah. Because, you know, based on that, it's, 
if you know 60 or 70 percent it then we're vulnerable we're yeah vulnerable so i mean and it, it's hard because you know we're all putting money into this program and if they're if they're if the vaccination rate is low we might be putting our money into a sinking ship we might we might be forfeiting games and you know losing games or not be able to compete because <clears throat> not yeah. enough people are vaccinated it, it's very real this this is the issue so and that's the thing is you know winning cures all this stuff people won't care what color his his wristbands are or what hat he wears <laughs> if he yeah. wins like seriously it yeah he, he he needs to win and and having a team that he can put out there week week in and week out is is crucial especially in this delta variant environment so you had shared an article um about on usa today from talking about coach rolovich I'm only bringing up Coach Roll. Coach Roll is always going to be UH. He's been one of us. Like we, we talked about this before, but this saga keeps going. I'm, I wish it would have ended by now, but it sounds like it's it's just getting worse. And um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think to myself too, what if he wins? Will that say solve anything for Washington State? Or for will it help his situation at all? Can he win? Is probably a, a no question that we we are asking because he's well, he's one in three so far, I guess. As coach, they only played four games last year, and they're threatened to lose probably a lot more or, or not be able to participate. If you, I don't know what the COVID protocols are this year, but if you're unvaccinated, like you have to sit out, right? Yeah how how does how does he win if he's not going to get vaccinated? And it's it's mandated that all coaches and sideline personnel be vaccinated. So like, what is he going to do? Well, in that article, box. that article said that he was trying to drum up or look for a doctor that could help him come up with a medically or like a religious medical exemption or something like. Oh. And they think that's why he keeps saying things like "I'm going to comply," like how you're saying, right? Right. Just so he can buy himself time, which. I mean, it's just like the girl who got arrested for spelling Moderna wrong and his falsifying. I just asked myself, like, the real thing is free. <laughs> like, just do the real thing. What are we doing? Why are we? I mean, why? He's, he's, why? He's got a $3 million a job a year. Yeah, job. and that's the thing with him, too. Like, this is going to affect him long. This could possibly affect him long term, too. Like, he could become unhirable after this situation because he and he came in eccentric. He really and he came to UH very eccentric. Like and it was some ego. I mean, I I it's, it's true, definitely ego was, as well. That was part of what made him unique. And oh, cool. for sure. So he took that to Wazoo, and what do you think they think about him now? That's and that's yeah, the thing. You be prepared if you're gonna be quirky, and you're and uh, it's a part of people's personas. It's a part of their shtick then it is what it is. But you got to be able to defend it all the way down to the very end. And he's run out of like justifications, which is really sad for... But I also think there's a segment of the population that likes him raging against the machine. You know, No, for the, sure. But they're not the ones that are going to pull the strings ultimately for him. Like, yeah, they're not I, the ones I, I really that are going to hire him. Like, and that's what you mean. And that's why you said $3 million. The people that are raging for him are not giving him $3 million jobs. The ones that are telling him get vaccinated are the ones that are signing the check. So 
they're the ones he has to please in the end of the day. Well, yeah, he's putting the university in a real tough spot. Well, I mean, and honestly, it's not because they could release him. Yeah, like, they're I, not I think married to a, Nick Rolovich. And, and then this should be very humbling. And that's the sad thing is, like, I, I don't know why he hasn't been humbled by that yet, is that they really could just fire him. Like, it's a huge school. They'll just take the loss. They'll, they'll take the, the loss. It's like they lose so much money. Right? It's not like millions is a thing to them. This is a huge, you know, research university that is funded by the state. So um, will it be a freaking annoying to taxpayers? Of course it will be. But that's the nature of Division One, And that's a, another part of the issue. And that's why players, we do need players who get paid as well. Because it's crazy to see coaches get you know, paid off here and there, not accountable. But the players who are getting hurt, the players who are putting in their time, they're not getting compensated. I mean, it's happening right now in Hawaii. It's happening in sports. People who are compensated usually are the ones who are less likely to do act out of their own good intentions. They're doing so out of money or whatever. So it's crazy because Coach Grolovich clearly is not doing this in favor of money. It's just doing it in favor of whatever his truly deeply ingrained beliefs are because he's picking the the non-money. I mean, unless he's looking at like, I don't know, like a viewer, like a, like he's going to be a speaker on a certain cable news station in the future or something like where he's going to pull his celebrity from there. But he's not that much of a celebrity yet. Like he's not, and that's the thing, he's not well enough. Like if it was his Nick, Nick Saban or something, Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it would be a bigger story, but it's not. And when you look at all the coaches, it's like all the coaches, like every governor of every state is vaccinated for one thing. That should say something. Right. All 50 states. I mean. The president. Everyone's looking to all living presidents. Every single president's alive, including Trump, is vaccinated. So it's the irony is that we've pol- people are like, everything's political. Like this is like the one non-political thing. And we're still fumbling it. Um, so we're going to have to, um, just see how this plays out. Uh, Washington state has a game this week, I guess they open the season. Yeah. I mean, this has to play itself out rather quickly. Doesn't it? Like they have to come to a resolution about what they're going to do with it. Well, they play Utah state. So if Utah state comes in and destroys them, they'll probably. But like, Okay. So is he going to be on the sidelines or is he going to be yeah. on the press box or, or the, they don't even, he didn't even <clears throat> announce a starter yet. That's interesting. Oh, and Delora is still there. Delora. Yeah. yeah. He said Delora, another guy, vaccine controversy. According to this article, Rolovich um, said in mid August that he intended to follow a new state mandate requiring vaccinations for everyone employed. He has not indicated since whether he's gotten a shot. Rolovich declined to address the issue this week. We've been dealing with that enough, he said. Let's move on with football stuff today. <laughs> he doesn't get that is totally related to football. And yeah. that's the that that is the disconnect right there. Like let's move on to like bro, this is football stuff. Like last year was messed up. Like we didn't even have the vaccine and we had to do things a certain way. Now we well, have the luxury of a vaccine and we can't get it off the ground. Yeah, COVID ravaged that area you know that state in general that's that was the ground zero for covid washington state and it hit pullman really hard so yeah you would you would think they didn't 
play a couple games because of COVID. So, well, we're gonna have to see about that one. But Coach Rolovich is uh, clearly um, keeping it interesting yeah, he's gonna for die. us as well. He's gonna well, die on this. He's taking up his sword. He's gonna die on this mountain. It, well, it we'll sure see. Seems that way. We'll see what he does. All right, well, um, you know, uh, looking on to next week, hopefully we'll get better grades. I know you, you uh, did your report card and everything across the board was D minus, right? And, and you're Except probably being sweet, nice. Sweet uniforms. I know I got heat for that. I got heat for not giving them Fs, but I, I saw little things. So they, they, they kept trying in the second half. They didn't – they might have – Came out slow, but they kept fighting in the second half, which I like to see. Well, like I said, we play Portland State, New Mexico Shevin State. Shevin has Moxie. Shevin has Moxie, and I think you're crazy if you want him benched. I think that the best player should play always, and I think that Shevin has proven himself. But uh, for one thing, bringing up names like Cole or anybody from the past, don't ever – these people need to stop doing that. Everyone needs to stop doing that. <laughs> like, they're not coming back. Timmy Chang's not walking out. Cole Brennan – Cobrain is the only person I ever will allow people to just talk about or in the past and, and keep talking about like they're there because Cole is that beloved. But no player is coming back and nobody's going to save us from the current situation except what we have on the field right now and on the lineup. So I think that, uh, you know, Coach Rolovich played it well with um, motivated Cole um, to, uh, you know, help push Cole to play better by letting Shevin start some games and bringing him in and, I love that philosophy, and it could apply to to Shevin as well. But you know, it's hard. This game was hard to put on Shevin because even though he did have time and I did, he did have some overthrows, and he just have some throws. I I think he he would like to take back, but it's hard because he is he hardly, he hardly had any time. I mean, and he's not Mahomes. I mean, it's not like he can you know get out of that that quick. Um, but I I think Rolo did a great job of managing the quarterback situation. You know, those couple years that he had. Shevin and Cole, you know, he, he made the right, he seemed to make the right move just about every single time. Yeah. And then I think it's also going to be down to, um, you know, what, what offense we actually are running. I, uh, I, have we still been running a traditional run and shoot? I'm, yeah, we wouldn't I'm be talking about this right now. So I'm confused by that. Whatever we saw on Saturday, that was just, yeah, that I don't was know what rubbish. I That's mean, it looked thing. like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's been questions brought up about, you know, our offensive coordinator and, you know, his credentials. And if he wasn't the coach's son, would he be doing what he's doing? Because I think the answer is probably no. And in his defense, I'm still confused as to what was going on from last year. Like, we had good games. Like, obviously, the New Mexico Bowl was really great. And, uh, you know, J.G. Kinney is not here anymore, G.J., but – um I would have thought we would have built off of that get kind of game plan where it was really more dynamic and we were running, you know, tight ends in different formations. And we were doing that kind of, but not at the proficiency. That was, that was, that's the thing that it's hard to like, it is, we have to blame Graham a little bit. It's like, bro, like your team didn't even look repaired. And that, yeah. that is crazy. Cause you said that we were, we had all this time to prepare and we did. And then we had started on the UCLA game plan like five months ago. It's like, we did. Because that's scary because you're not going to have that much time to plan for anybody else. Are we going to get creamed as well? I, I mean, and I don't think we will. I think UCLA is a better team than we are. So that's another thing I don't want to look at it. But 
they, is it possible we were like down so much as they just kind of threw out the game plan and just said we're going to save our good stuff for later? There's no, there's no sense in showing. Like, I mean, no, we're not, we're not good at anything right now. I mean, we, we have to show. I mean, but you have to. You have to gain confidence with the stuff you are good at, you know, and that's running the game plan we've been running. You know, they've been running, repping all those things, you know, I practice. Well, I mean, so Calvin didn't even get a snap, snap to run the ball in like the Wildcat. Yeah, I would just, yeah. And I mean, literally five, hand the ball to Calvin is the easiest freaking play in the world. That's, yeah, if you're getting cream, you just stick him, you go back there and you give him the ball. He was cramping a lot. He was cramping a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, he wasn't at full. But, you know, I, I agree. From the very beginning, it's like, this is the best player. We've already been talking about him. Like, this not a surprise. And him the ball. <sighs> so, we'll see. But we got Portland State this coming Saturday. An empty stadium. That'll be a sad thing. The first game ever at New uh, Field. But it will be well, sadder yeah, when the, 9,000 will be more than enough. That was what will be sad. It's just depressing that everybody, you know, you watch football on TV and there's people there and it, we're the only ones that don't have fans at the game. It's, yeah. it's frustrating. Well, that's uh, Hawaii, but whatever. <laughs> we're going to support uh, Portland State. We both predicted them to win. I don't think we're going to change that. Um, but no, even no. though, even though, uh, we we might have to think of it twice. I mean, I mean, Portland State. Wow, who knows? Who knows? And that would be a disaster, I think, if we were to lose our first ever game at TC Ching with no fans to Portland State. That would be really disastrous. So, I think the boys are going to be fired up, though. I think they're going to be, you know, embarrassed as well, and they're going to want to play better. So, I'll I'll stick with my win prediction. Uh, what about you, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be a blowout. It, and if yeah, if they lose, it's the wow. It could be a really long season. So. Yeah, if they lose it, it could be a long season. So, yeah. uh, but next week we'll be back again Thursdays. We've been doing this on Thursday night, so I don't know when you listen to our show, but um, you know, give us some feedback. Do you want us to change the nights so we add some more flavor? I I would love to have even even more fans. I'd love to have people even just give us a, a, a ring or um, have their opinion heard. Um, you know, being online is great. This is another way that you can have your voice heard though, rather than just type it out in the Twitterverse or, um, you know, wherever you, you do your rantings. I Let's hear it live because this is something that Warrior Nation, you know, needs to hear. They want to hear what the fans have to say and we don't need to just, and as much as I love my friends at ESPN 1420, we don't need to just have ESPN 1420 to, to come together and hear the rantings of some of our Warrior Nation people. But um, let's continue to have good conversation and discourse. Please subscribe to this channel, the Hawaii Sports Fans channel, wherever you're listening to. Maybe you're at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, iHeart, Podbean. Uh, we're everywhere. So go and subscribe to us. But um, mahalo Brad and <clears throat> his lot associates at the Home Depot for sponsoring this show. And mahalo Sean. Again, for joining us. And uh, Shane, Lala Head, hopefully uh, we can have you back again next week, brother. Uh, good luck with your MRI tonight and let us know how it goes. Uh, best of luck. Uh, you know, we love you. Uh, talk to you all later. Aloha. Go, Bulls. <laughs>